Hey, Sean, hey, Kay. How's your Saturday going? Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. Good evening. How are we? Hey, Sean. All is well. Enjoying the day. Much better than yesterday. Yesterday, I spent part of my day in a dentist chair. Oh. Mostly cursing. Yeah, mostly cursing dentists. Not bad. But, uh... <laughs> But I'll be honest, they did good work, and I'm a better person for it, and I have a cleaner mouth for it. So, you know, I shouldn't complain. I just really don't like going. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you. Uh, it's, it's, it's not the best feeling out there. No, no. So, anyways, you know, enough about me. Uh, how's your day going, Kay? Anything going on for you yet? Are you just getting rolling? No, I'm um, just pretty much uh, uh, doing this session and then uh, wrapping up for the day and catching the flight. Oh, that's right. You got the flight today. Nice. Yeah, All yeah. right. Make it a quality session. Give you a lot to think about on the flight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sean? How's your day been? Yeah, it's been okay. Got back from work about half an hour or so ago. Had a bit of food. And um, I'm convinced it's Sunday now. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I know. Right? It's getting confusing <laughs> <laughs> from our usual routine. I love it. Um, well, yeah, it's uh, it's Saturday, but we still had time to get our charts going, so we should get into them. Uh, I'm looking, I have a couple this week that I'm really looking forward to dive into, so uh, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, to start off, you know, I was looking across, like I always do, across the S&P and the Dow and the NASDAQ, and usually I note all the performance for the week, but honestly, it was flat. I mean, nothing moved more than a half point. Most things were, you know, S&P, I think it was like a tenth of a point in the week or maybe two tenths. Um, so everything other than Bitcoin really hasn't done anything over the last five days, just kind of holding flat as we head into earnings season, which isn't too surprising, right? I think that kind of makes sense, waiting on earnings. Yeah, waiting for the, the big news. Yeah. I, I think from a, from a market news standpoint, I think, as, as you mentioned rightly, we didn't see much of a flat market. Um, the banks, though, had a pretty decent earnings i would say uh stocks actually popped up when they reported decent earnings uh the concern is that a lot for a lot of smaller banks the deposits are you know shrinking as opposed to two months ago so that is something to keep in mind netflix kind of dropped drastically on the day they reported earnings but end of the day end of the week it was minus 2.47 so pretty flat i would say tesla was on the news a lot of to talk about tesla and i'm sure sean is going to cover that um fear and greed uh, the numbers are the same 65 in the greed side it was 67 last week put to call has gone up slightly it was 0.85 last week it's 0.9 this week wixes has gone down again it was 17.07 and it's 16.77 so that's more or less the high level market review yeah the vix being that lows and staying that low has been interesting i did not expect that no, it's a uh, it's it's getting a little concerning as well because right before the Jan the January decline last year, the VIX was also at the all time low. Um, but that's we'll see how that plays out. And we right. have a big earning uh, calendar this week. Yeah, what what do we have lined up for earnings this week? I mean, it, the it was such a jumbled chart. There's so many things reporting. It was like a eye chart. Yeah, th this is going to be a very intense week. Um, so Monday, uh, we have Coca-Cola reporting earning, which is one of the favorite stocks of dividend investors. Uh, Tuesday kicks off with Verizon, UPS, General Motors, McDonald's, 3M, Pepsi, Spotify, and the tech opens up with uh, Microsoft, Alphabet. We have Visa on Tuesday as well. Wednesday, we have Boeing, a couple of, uh, I think, Hilton as well, ADP, then Meta, Roku, Teladoc, uh, on Thursday, we have uh, Caterpillar, Lilly, a um, couple other dividend stocks like Altria, Abvi, and then Amazon, Intel, Snap, Cloudflare, Pinterest, and then a couple other. On Friday, we have ExxonMobil, Chevron. So you'll see oil also reporting earnings. Yeah, that, I got a chart on, on Exxon just because of that. And um, yeah, not one I usually post on. I think we did Oxy last week, but um, wanted to get that chart out there. It's got some interesting stuff, so we'll talk about that. And yeah, I mean, like you said, there's just a ton of earnings. You mentioned Coca-Cola and the and the dividend, and I just want to touch on that really quick. I've heard some comments this week with respect to you know, given the yields you can get on short-term treasuries, uh, you can get effectively dividend yields right without owning 
having to take the risk of owning a stock and uh which i thought was interesting and i'm wondering how that will play into you know the dividend investor uh, kind of mindset and, and thoughts moving forward given we can get four or five percent you know over three six one year three six months or one year so it's interesting yeah i, I think uh, just quickly on that point i think for dividend investors they they also look at owning the piece of the business this is so true i think so they're they're uh, mindset is a little different from somebody who's just trying to make a 4% from a bank return. Right. So it's more than just the yield is your point, right? Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. It's you're owning a piece of a company that you believe is, you know, worth owning and is going to grow its value over time. And, and part of that growth will be shared through dividends, right? But then you're also looking for that growth in the stock price. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's a good point. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, I just had, had some interesting conversations along those yields and um yeah it, it's it's an interesting market i think we say like every week now but um all right well let's get to our charts spies up first sean i've got your chart up first so I'll hand it over to you yeah of course and then just try and find it there we are so the, for this one i'll move back to the daily um from the weekly as i did last week um and i think this last kind of consolidation -y type thing that's happened this last week you mentioned obviously the market's flat and it's just given it a chance for that 20 million average to kind of you know come up behind it and uh, possibly act as a, as a support in the near, you know, next few days. And I've drawn out this kind of grey boxy area. The reason I've done that is because I couldn't really pinpoint a certain line. So I've just gone through kind of a certain area. I know you spoke about 4.11 midweek. Obviously, we shed some light on that for myself in a second. Um, but generally, I think this is the zone where I'll be looking for maybe picking up some for, for a future move. And obviously, with that 20 million average moving up, then that would make sense in my eyes. Um, but just keeping it really simple this week in terms of that, obviously we can talk about the fact that it's above the trend line and all the moving averages, but you can see that in the chart as it is already. I don't know if you want to jump in with your chart on this one. Yeah, you know, before we flip over, it's, I have the same thoughts, you know, I have the same chart you mentioned, the 411 level being key and, and looking at, at 411 first buy as support um, and with that 20 day moving average coming in underneath and it crossing above the 50, you know, a lot of positive indicators there. Um, so I went on this contrarian kind of, uh, I just wanted to look for evidence to tell me I'm, I'm, I'm wrong and, and we're not going to get a bounce here. Right. Be and because we're heading into earnings and I mean, it could certainly go one way or the other. And so my chart, you know, sliding over to that, um, I, I use the fib levels. So inspired by Kay, thank you, Kay. Um, I, I grabbed the, uh, I, I did this FIB, uh, retracement from, well, effectively I started at the, the Fibonacci levels I put in, started from the high back in January and all the way down to the low in October of last year and of 2022. And since then, you know, we've had this gradual uptick and you'll notice that the 50% mark here, right in the middle. Um, is where we're hitting resistance. And we just hit it again, and uh, it looks like it kind of rolled over and might be hitting back down towards that 50-day moving average that I left in there. Um, so, you know, maybe that's our uh, our words of caution here, where everything else looks like, yep, yeah, maybe we're springing higher. This is kind of a reasoning I've found to be a little bit more cautious. It's definitely worth, worth looking at. I think the, the fib levels you've drawn here look really accurate. To yeah, isn't that interesting? All you do is you draw, you, you know, you you pin this like in Thinkorswim. It looks like a little percentage sign, and all you do is you pin the the top to the top of the range to the bottom of the range that you're looking at, and um, see where the levels draw out. And and they draw out really nicely here. Um, so I at first was looking at you can see we kind of stopped moving lower in June of 21 and had a bounce before getting to the ultimate low in October. And I was starting to trace there, but I realized, you know, just because we had that bounce didn't mean it was the end of the downward uh, move. And by doing that, you know, I got these levels that I'm going to hold on to this I have it as a separate chart, but I think it's worth keeping, keeping an eye on. So that puts it at 414. Yeah. 414 for that level. Sean. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, see what audience does and see what happens with that chart. Yeah, and you know the cues was the next one we have pulled up, and again you mentioned earnings. I mean, absolutely going to be affected by it. We've got very interesting, you know, stuff on this chart. I mean, just from a technical analysis perspective, looking at the cues, you've got higher highs and higher lows. 
very positive. We've got very obvious, you know, price targets um, and the SMA crossover. This is a weekly chart that I posted, by the way. So we've got the 20 week average moving above the 50, uh, also positive. The MACD is positive. Um, but that candle that we got last week is, you know, got the body right in the middle with the high wick on top and the long wick below is a doji candle. And that is a, a sign of indecision. You, you know, you usually, one thing I like to do is look for a firm close either above that opening or uh, that open, uh, you know, the top of the candle, not the top of the wick, but the top of the range of the candle and, or a break and close below the bottom of that. And either way, if you get that in a solid move, you know, it could be a direction indicator. So I just noted that we're right at the 150 week moving average as well. So I think this is all really just coming into earnings. I think yeah, I was just I mean, trying to mention that, that 150 moving average there, that's kind of after a little bit of resistance back in February this year, is that right? Maybe just January, maybe? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it could actually be you know, reversing off of that and move back down to the 20, potentially. Yeah, and then I believe that uh, more than the SPY, I think uh, with the next week's earning, it's all pure QQQ index. So with all the tech names reporting earnings, um, we could... and. Funny, I was looking at the options uh, uh, chain as well. Uh, there are a lot of uh, put options um, in like few thousand. So you know, every single dollar there is a two three thousand dollar two three thousand uh, open interest at put side, versus only few hundred on the call side, uh, going all the way till April twenty seventh. That would be the last uh, on Thursday. Yes. Wow. So. And then on Friday, we have at 3.15, we have almost 19,000 open interest versus at 3.20, we have only 13,000 open interest. So there's a lot more put for Friday as opposed to um, the call side next week. Interesting. Yeah, again, very interesting. All right, well, what is your chart showing us here, Sean, for the cues? Yeah, so in this chart, I've got a similar sort of box as I did with the SPY. And um, you can kind of see almost like a little mini double top here, um, but we're also kind of, you know, playing against that. We're, we're touching that 20 moving average. This is a daily chart compared to your, your weekly chart. Um, but I think we're at the bottom of that kind of range that I've drawn. Obviously, my range is not perfect. It's nothing, it's not, you know, financial advice, et cetera. Um, but if we are kind of sat at that level and we push down below it on the Friday. But then we then we reverse straight back up to kind of reclaim that twenty mil average, um, but with upcoming up sorry with upcoming earnings um, on on this week, especially tech related as you mentioned, K as well, um, that could easily just push down with one bad report from you know Amazon etc. Meta and all that. Um, but if we get a good couple of reports, then that could easily be pushed through the three twenty one eight sixty nine levels that I've drawn here. So. Um, plenty to come up with this week, but I think the, the positive move, movement that we've seen in the last couple of weeks is just kind of trading sideways, a little bit of consolidation, just to calm the market down a little bit. So it has been very volatile, as you can see, in the last well, just over a year I've got here. Um, so I think this is good for the market generally. Yeah, I, I just want to add that that consolidation there after the big move up, I think that's really positive, right? Yeah. Um, versus just selling off and kind of rejecting at that level. Um, so yeah, that's duly noted. And, and you see, you get that a lot in, in kind of day trading, at least in my perspective, when you're on like the five minute or the 15 minute chart, you, you have a massive move up. And for example, DraftKings had a big move up midweek as well. And it has done a few times this year. And then it just kind of consolidates, takes a breather, and then it gets down to the, the 20 moving average and just takes another little move up. Uh, nothing too expansive, but that's kind of, what you know, what stocks do really generally. Yeah, I like the way this is looking. Um, and you know, one of these weeks I will remember at the top of the hour to mention what you just mentioned that this is of course not financial advice. We're uh, just putting this out as our thoughts and our ideas for how we're trading and hopefully you find that entertaining and educational. Uh, but again, yeah, not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. So thanks for the reminder there, Sean. And uh, let's go right to your charts. Let's get to the stocks. Um, we've got Tesla, I think, first up, and I know everybody's interested in that. Absolutely, yeah. And we've created quite the gap, as you can see, on uh, my Tesla chart. So we're sitting around 179 just before earnings. I think it was Wednesday night, I believe. And then we had the kind of drop down 
bit of a red candle on the on the Thursday and a little bit of a push on the Friday, but nothing I would you know suggest that means it's going to be reversed anytime soon. But last week and the week before, you've mentioned about the the gap that needs to well not needs filling, but it could potentially be filling at the one forty five right. level. And um, so we're kind of on that 166 support level that I've drawn. Obviously, nothing's perfect here, but it has created that lower low. And I've marked that with the, the pink lines you can see back in, uh, what's that, March, mid-March, and obviously just a couple of days ago with that lower low. So that generally, you know, suggests it might be like a downtrend. What I would like it to see from a long-term perspective is hold that 166 level. But... Also, it'd be a good idea, a good, good point to kind of accumulate shares if you are long-term in Tesla. I personally don't have a position just yet. Um, but if it does come down to 145, that would be my buy zone you know, for me personally, um, filling that gap, etc. cetera. Um, but the volume, I'd like it to pick up as well. That's, that's the thing. This is in the tricky spot for volume. Um, you can see it's kind of decreasing. We had a big day, obviously, on Thursday, of course, with the earnings. But generally, you know, I think the volume needs to pick up a little bit for the stock to move you know, in, in, a, in a positive direction, at least. I've spoken quite a lot about this stuff already, so um, yeah, I'll just finish off by saying the moving averages are obviously all above where we are now in quite a, a big fashion. Uh, and if we did consolidate now, then we, that could be potentially uh, a, a further downward movement. Yeah, the uh, volume is definitely a strong point, in my opinion. You can see the big move up after selling off down to 100 um, and right back up to a quick double and what was that three months um i yeah. missed that i missed that trading opportunity i was kicking myself for that um but yeah I, I i like that you know for you you said your buy zone is if we get down and close that gap to 146 i, I think that uh, for me it's the same thing i don't want to try to wait for a perfect uh buy down you know see if we get back to 100 I'll probably start nibbling around 146 as to not miss out on any potential moves again in the future. Um, but yeah, you know, these things can go a number of directions. Earnings will definitely impact the market. So uh, yeah, Absolutely. we'll see how the, the rest of the season goes. And just to your point on um, kind of nibbling at 146, uh, it's a psychological level around about that 150 level as well, kind of halfway between 100 and 200. People yeah. might be setting buy orders potentially, obviously, for the long-term um, investment type of people. Might be setting those buy orders at 150. Um, so you may not see it fill completely the gap, of course. I'm sure there's no options activity in it whatsoever. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, if, you, if you're looking at about a week, week worth of options, um, then, of course, there's a ton of activity going on at each uh, 160, 155, 150 same case with 160 170 so you have over 10000 you know 15000 open interest but as we go down further out let's say 30 days out you start seeing a more consolidation at the 150 level and the 160 65 level uh, and then at 180 we have over 30000 open interest at 180 uh, a month out from here so unless uh, tesla is, is is there any event for tesla that we need to keep in mind because this looks very weird because there's a lot of 30,000, 25,000, 29,000 um, open interest. So very interesting. A month out from now. Yeah, we just had earnings. So that is kind of interesting. And I've not been paying attention to uh, big news. Do you know, Sean? No, not that I know of. Um, I'll, I'll look into it and come back with a little bit of news, hopefully, next week. Nice. Yeah, so that'd be, we've covered Tesla. I think that's... Uh, you know, you can take that how it is, of course. And I think it's only right to move on to Neo, you know, another stuff that I'm very familiar with. And, uh, you know, what? I'm going to remain positive for this stock just because of Friday's price action. Um, I, I, there's really nothing to shout about. I'm just trying to be positive, you know, because I'm quite a positive person. Um, but we had a little bit of a, a bottoming candle on Friday. You can see that. And we've got um, it's kind of level of $8-ish. Eight, $8 we're still above that two-year trend line, which at this point doesn't really mean too much, in my opinion, of course. Um, so this is the daily chart, just to you know, give you a bit of, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, sorry, it's been a long day. Whatever that word is. And then, perspective? You're looking for the word <laughs> perspective? The <laughs> perfect word, mate. Thank you so much. You betcha. Um, so, yeah, so we've got two gaps, I think. Obviously, they're only small gaps, but on the smaller time frames, they could be seen as big gaps. And we've created basically two gaps in two days. So um, I'm not too sure you might shed some light on your experience in, in, in yeah. trading over the past 20 years. I've been trading for two years, so 
for yeah about two and a half years so i don't have a huge amount of experience i'd like to get your opinion on that in a second but yeah maybe coming up to fill that gap um or either gap really and back up to kind of 9 25 9 30 i'd like to see that and then obviously it will be a challenging uh, experience if you can get through the 20 and the 50 mil average and only time will tell yeah there's a couple of gaps in this chart and that didn't necessarily get filled i'm just looking all the way back to november where there's quick quick gap quick fill and then again in december of 2020 it looks like and then yeah when you get into 22 though we had that this gap down that happened in february or i guess that's 23 now yeah and so yeah so we had this gap that happened and did not go back and fill that right we've fallen short since then so um the momentum here might you know, nullify the whole 80% of the time gaps are filled in the rule. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this 805 level holds. I like the candle Friday to your point. <laughs> it's hopeful, isn't it? I'm holding on. I'm holding on that, it sounds pretty hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Um, long term, you know, that's a whole other story. But in the near term, I would be very cautious about trading too aggressively in NEO. It looks like it needs to find a, a footing and it hasn't quite done that yet. No, of course, and it could be if, even if it just channels through this eight dollar level and ten fifty, I'd be happy with that. Um, right. Just a little kind of consolidation, a little bit of strength. You know, let the news roll in, let the deliveries roll in, etc. Um, it could be a nice consolidation zone. But you know, on the other side of things, if it breaks down below eight dollars, then well, you can see the line down the bottom there. So yeah. yeah just, okay. on the, just on the option Sorry, side, you, a month out from here, you have about 32,000 open interest at 7.5. And where was that, Kay? 32,000 open interest at 7.5. Put okay. Yeah. A little lower. No, no. Okay. Right. Let's move on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're all in different time zones and whatnot too. I mean, I, I'm here starting my day. Kay's a good halfway through it, and Sean, you're on the tail end. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... if you can notice. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to be fumbling my words more than normal today. So uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll move on to the, the Palantir chart I've got here. Um, so we've, I've kind of left it kind of similar as we did last week. I've got the two lines there, eight fifty and nine dollars. And I've got that channel still moving in, in the upwards direction. And we're just kind of sitting at the bottom of that channel, uh, about 818, of course. Um, so, and, we, and we're also kind of alongside the, the 200 mm average. Um, so I've been looking for a, you know, hopefully a little bit of a recovery um, up to kind of 850. And then if we can push back up to that nine, which we did try at the beginning of the week. And then you can see quite a harsh re rejection off of that. Um, but yeah, maybe a little bit of a bounce off of this uh, bottom trend line. But likewise, obviously, if it breaks down this line, not only does it break the trend line, it breaks the 200 billion average, um, which case could be a nice little swing trade to the negative side if, you, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but generally, just looking, taking a step back, um, you can see the blue circles, the, the key points of the $9 I just mentioned there. So we're also channeling down in this big kind of trend down. Maybe next week I'll zoom out even more and do the weekly chart. But you can see that the red dots I've got here at the top of the bottom. I'm moving on to red dots now, as you can see. And um, <laughs> so, so that's the kind of big trend. So you could, e you could even see it come all the way down, back down to six, uh, potentially. I um, don't know your guys' thoughts on this chart particularly, but um, I think this is what I'm seeing. I'm hoping for a little bit more move up to 850 in the near term. It does look like the range is getting tighter and tighter, as you noted. And uh, I, I think that... For me, that $9 level is, I mean, that's the one. If you want to get confident, uh, move up, you want to see a, a confident move above there. The thing that's tricky is that, so so what I look for when I, meet, when I say a confident move above is not only a break through a key level and a close above it, but then a, a continuation of follow through, right? Another big green candle. And, um, and so we got that with Palantir earlier and got all the way above 10 only to see that quickly reverse and, and fade. And so um, it makes it a little bit trickier, I think, but I would still abide by that kind of thought process is if, if we get a good strong move above nine, I would look for a retest and hold of nine. And then I would get pretty positive in the near term as far as trading is concerned. I, I'd definitely be looking at the options volume too, because I know the retail traders, uh, you know, they pile in and pretty heavily when the Palantir gets moving. 
So on the on the option side, it's uh, pretty even out, honestly. Um, you have, let's say, for the next week, we are looking at about nine. At nine dollars on the call side, you have over eight thousand open interest. Whereas if you look at eight, it's only like twenty nine hundred open interest. So there's okay. a lot more uh, pressure on the bull side. Sorry, there's a lot of pressure on the on the side on the call side as opposed to the put side. But as we progress through the weeks. Uh, again, I think May nineteenth is the I think it's the last week of the expiration of contracts. Uh, so I think that's why you see almost forty nine thousand open interest on the put side, whereas uh, at eight dollars, whereas on the nine dollar you only see nineteen thousand, uh, a little bit over nineteen thousand um, call options, and both have a delta of about forty five, thirty three and forty four. Got to back over ten, so we got to get get some positive things going for Palantir. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you can see the last earnings report and the little E at the bottom there. We do have um, earnings two weeks on Monday, so that could be potentially another good catalyst for it. If we can do another profitable um, month, uh, quarter, then that would be that would be sending the stock in a similar sort of direction. And obviously, two months profitable could you know could take it anywhere. So that's it for Palantir and um, for me personally. Then we've got moving on to what we've got next, uh, Miracle Express. You know, I don't normally cover the financial sector, but I thought, you know, this chart looks okay. Um, we've had a little bit of a, a little bit of a miracle, I think, actually, on Thursday, Friday trading action. Um, and you can see that in this chart. So we do have a general kind of trend line that starts October last year. It's kind of moving up, obviously, you see the black line. And with the price action that happened on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that was just after earnings, which we had on Wednesday evening. Now, I think they hit a good, um, what's it called? They hit the earnings, but they missed on EPS. Um, but generally, they've you've got more customers, etc. And basically, the guidance is good. So that's why you see the rebound there. And you can see it perfectly came off the 200 almost. And um, so it bounced off of that. And we're kind of pushing through you know, straight back above that trend line. And then we're pushing through that 20 moving average as well. What we do see is a little bit of resistance and support and all that kind of stuff around that 166 level. So I would be personally looking for it to test that 166 level, hold it and move above. Now this stock doesn't really move a huge amount generally. Obviously it's one of the big kind of uh, financial stocks that wouldn't too much. Um, but yeah, this is what I see in this chart. And I, I'm actually kind of hopeful that it moves up towards, if not hopeful, kind of um, looking forward to, move, to move up to kind of 173. Um, but yeah, sorry for my words today. I've been a bit, bit all over the place. But uh, but if you have any thoughts with uh, American Express on this one, yeah, I just wanted to add. Uh, I saw a news article uh, about American Express earning. I think one of the uh, observations, and I I haven't, I really did not take a complete deep dive into that report. But uh, high level, what it meant was that. Um, American Express is actually starting to build more funds into uh, the default, right? Because they have a charge card. It's not like a credit card. It's a charge card. So for many people who own American Express Platinum Gold cards, they generally don't have a credit limit. Um, so, you know, it's it's like you have to pay in full every single month. Um, unlike, uh, and if you don't, then the interest rate is higher. So I think what they are doing is they are the, they are, expecting more defaults coming out uh, coming up in the coming quarters or uh, weeks so that is something uh, i don't know i haven't read the entire news but something to be mindful of uh, because the even though the banking sector looks um, that nothing bad happened but we aren't out of the woods yet it's um, it, the yeah. the credit crunch is still there so absolutely yeah on a technical level it's performed very well in the last few days in my opinion yeah, it's a great looking chart. Yeah. And the bounce right off of the moving average there on the big volume. I mean, it's continuing moving up with the trend line. And uh, it's, yeah, I mean, we're right there. It's like another one of these charts that's going to pinch right up against a key level. And we're going to see what's going to break, right? That level or the trend line. Uh, again, Sean, another great chart. Absolutely. Yeah. And that concludes my chart set for today. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for obviously sticking around. And obviously, I'll hand you over to the wonderful Nate. Ah, it is. I love it. So, um, yeah, jumping into NVIDIA first thing, because NVIDIA has got everybody's attention. Um, we've had this huge run, like one, one of the best runs of the year, maybe only rivaled by DraftKings, which we'll look at here in a little bit as well. And 
Now we're at this key point of consolidation. These are weekly candles. So you're looking at a solid month there of trading between basically 265 and 282. And so given that, uh, that's plenty of time for decisions to be made, you know, sellers to come in and, and trim their positions and buyers to come in and get ready for the move higher. Um, we have a positive crossover with the 20 week crossing above the 50 and the 150. And we do see that the volume has been dropping during this uh, recent period as well. So, you know, that's a little bit of a mixed signal, but RSI is com you know, completely overbought. It remains overbought. And I highlighted back in November, December of 22 um, when, or of 21, excuse me, before we had in 22, that we had the same similar period and then eventually it sold off. So, um, I'm not saying that that will happen this time, of course. MACD is positive, a lot of positive signs here. And if we get strong earnings season, I think NVIDIA and the markets will, you know, it'll go the way of the market. I don't know that uh, it'll fight the trend, um, but this consolidation is what I'm really looking for. We're going to get a break above 282 or below 265, and that I think will speak volumes. That's that's what I'm watching. Um, anything else jump off the page to you, Sean? Um not, not entirely. No, I do like the crossover, as, as you mentioned, with the moving averages. But I think um, a move down would be not not so bad. I think for the stock long term, maybe two thirty, like you mentioned, would be would be very healthy. That's what yeah. I'd be looking at. And you can kind of see the, the indicators you've got at the bottom there, the MACD and the RSI, just kind of ticking over. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I think that's actually a good call. Is it's not the it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to get a break back to two thirty ish, right? That would be healthy and get a little bit of the um, the froth kind of sold out of there before moving moving along. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. And the options data pretty much is standard to what you just mentioned. Uh, there's not much on the uh, put side. Uh, two sixty, you have about sixteen thousand contracts, and then two fifty at fifteen thousand. So there's more like a psychological level at ten dollar. But then when you look at on the call side. 272.5, 275, 277, every two and a half dollars, there are thousands of contracts on the call site. So at least for next week, it looks bullish. Uh, but again, you know, depending upon how the the reports comes out for the other uh, tech giants, it might impact. But for now, it looks bullish. Just yeah, adding on to that, would, what stocks do you reckon would impact this from the techs this week? They're not directly correlated, or it's just you mean tech in general? Well, so I think one of the stocks that I believe is the Juniper. That is your uh, in the AI sector. Uh, okay. That's uh, that that is very similar to Arista Networks. That they actually have the uh, they build the backend infrastructure for the data packets to flow from one system to another system. That's one. Uh, I would be also cautious on the uh, reportings of Microsoft and Alphabet because they talk about the AI. I think AI would be the um, talking point, I believe, this earning. So that may yeah. impact uh, the AI. Now, again, if, if there is an, an Intel, and yes, Intel. Intel would be your um, another um, you know, semiconductor direct rival of NVIDIA. That's really cool. Thank you. Uh, I've noted that, those ones down. They're all basically on Tuesday after close, from what I can see here. And this earnings season is going to either whipsaw these charts all over the place or give us a direction and i mean we're gonna go I, that's how i feel anyways it's like we've been doing this for too long you know and we have this massive earning season i felt like last earning season that that was a conversation and nothing happened like it kind of just fizzled like i can't yeah. i can't imagine it happening again maybe well, Honestly, I, mean. I i wouldn't be surprised that this earning season also just passes by because everybody is expecting a negative, something negative to happen. Huh. And it, it, and I, I feel like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When we expect something negative to happen or anything to happen, that doesn't really happen because everybody is expecting it. I feel like the market will hit its bottom when we are least expecting. And that has to come from something that nobody can predict. Like, you know, uh, let's say a credit crunch happens where nobody can predict at this point in time. Or, uh, you know, another war happens, which nobody can predict. Uh, Black Swan. Yeah. You know, exactly. maybe, 
maybe I just need to go on vacation. Often when I go on vacation, <laughs> why <don't> you stay? Okay, <laughs> you know what today. So if I tell you guys I'm going on vacation, you know, get your your cash ready. <laughs> yes, I'll open a lot more ports then. <laughs> so uh, okay, let's keep it moving. So I, I'm to look at on. I slipped this one in ticker ON. It's another semiconductor, and I've talked about it in the past. So uh, this actually is a lesson that uh, I like to uh, remind myself of and utilize when I'm looking at charts. And so what we're seeing with on semiconductor is you will get a run up in the stock price, and then you know it cools off. And when you get that cool off. Um, after that that big run, you're, you've established a high, right? Like a high price point, and that high price point ends up being your support moving forward um, after you get another breakthrough of that level. So first, that happened at 49.75. We got a run up, and you know the chart is cut off here, but it runs right up to that 49.75. You can see it, which I circled and highlighted there, and then it you know it cools off. But when you see it break back above that level. Now you know that that 49.75 can be looked at as pretty strong resistance, and you know it got close, but never quite down to that level again, all the way out for basically another six six months to a year, and then we had another big push through, right? Where we had a bunch of um, breakthroughs prior to that. Um, that didn't quite hold up, you can see, but then we get the big breakthrough in July and August that continued all the way back up. And so that level now of 60 can be pretty reliable for support. Um, that was also working out, by the way, back in November, December of 22. So way back at the start of that trend line for, for that price level for 60 that I noted there, um, we had support there and then it broke and it sold off. So once it breaks and, and sells through like it did at the end of the year and beginning of 23, um, you know, you have to reset the process, but then, as I mentioned, it broke back through in August. So that level is good. 60 is support again, and you use that until you get another clean breakthrough. Um, we, we had a few attempts to get through that never really amounted to anything. And then you got the big break, um, you know, in March of this year, February of this year, and the push above the 7125 level all the way up to 87. So now that 7125 is is clearly providing support. And I wanna see it hold here. The 150 day moving average just slid in right there as a, as we've kind of cooled off with on semiconductor. So that's my long-winded tale of use, using these prior resistance, uh, turning them into support just repeatedly for a stock that's continuing to move up. And uh, yeah, I, think I like this one. I think it's yeah, a pretty good chart to use for kind of beginners as well, because you can kind of see the, the defined support and resistance level that you've drawn out here and you can see the kind of price action between those levels and i think that'd be quite handy for for beginners to have, just have a look at it and just as a reference and just see how the stock moves in the longer term it's pretty clean yeah i agree yeah exactly yeah and just on on top of that i think your point of this kind of 150 day moving average and 74 uh, 7144 is uh is, is great support looking just looking at the chart um, looks very very strong. Obviously, if we do break that, then that could, it could be quite vicious. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get a nice little upward bounce from, from this point on. What is yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a good chart to study. Uh, unlike your American Express and a couple other stocks, which have uh, much more complicated trend lines over there. <laughs> <laughs> For a beginner trader like me, I think I think this is a good trading uh, setup. At least I can understand the highs and lows. It's easy. When you have yeah. such a complicated chart, it becomes a little difficult to uh, see where the trend is. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good one to study. Yeah, I'll pull up next week uh, for solar because both this this chart on semiconductor and for solar have a similar pattern, similar levels. It's really good to study and and get familiar. And I saw there's some, it looks like there's some uh, unusual options activity on, on Semiconductor, not a ton of volume or anything, um, but it does look like it's somewhat split between bearish and bullish. So um, right where we're at here, that makes sense. I'm gonna look for a bounce at the 7125 level. All right. Yeah, a, a month from now on the May, May 19th, you have more put options at 70 versus call. 
We have over okay. 5,000 contracts versus 1,000 on the call side. And this probably be, has to do a little bit with uh, the industry, you know, the sector overall, semiconductors being a bit extended right now, right? So I'm sure there's going to be some uh, protection being bought right there. Exactly. With Intel uh, reporting earnings, NVIDIA coming up AMD probably next week as well. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So next up I've got um, in the Bitcoin space is Marathon Digital Holdings. Uh, we covered coin last week. I believe we covered coin last week. I really don't like Coinbase, but I do like covering the chart. And uh, the the one I like is Marathon Digital Holdings. Um, just from a trading standpoint, I don't uh, know much from an investing standpoint in the company, but I do like to follow it because it does track Bitcoin pretty well. And we've got this, you know, big moves that have been happening. We've got this nice trend line uh, that's established. And it looks like we're checking back towards that 850 level. I think I commented on that last week or the week before that I think I was saying 950 would be nice. So we've blown through that, got back below nine. So 850 is look, it looks like where it's headed. And if we get a good bounce there and can hold that trend line, that'd be constructive. Keep an eye on Bitcoin, see what it's doing. And we had a pullback this week of about 9%. Over the last five days, about 9%. It's still strong at plus 66% on the year for Bitcoin. Um, so uh, I think if that continues, you can you know see the same thing with Marathon, and um, you know the only kind of negative right now is obviously after the big move up, it sold off really quickly, which you don't really love to see. Um, but that's about all I have here on Marathon. Something I'm watching. Yeah, it's very close stock to to Bitcoin. I think so. If you do get those moves in Bitcoin, and this one moves just two or three times as fast from what I can tell, uh, especially lately. But yeah, I think holding that trend line would be would be key. You can kind of see the 50 and the 150 in that kind of area as well, on the moving average, I mean. Yeah, you really have to loosen up your uh, stops and uh, trade yeah. big, wide ranges here um, when, when you're trading a stock like Mara. Um, the big volume, you can see that massive volume. I mean, it's doubled recently in this big move up. So if that continues, then you're going to keep seeing those big daily intraday moves. And the premiums are pretty amazing for if you do a weekly options on this one, I see pretty decent premiums for considering the cost of the stock. Right. Um, it's, I usually do trade it, but I wasn't trading it recently and I didn't take a look. Like, but, yeah, I mean, if you if you sell it at the money, uh, yeah. it's 8.5 or 9, you get a good like 78 cents or 54 cents. It's yeah. Good, yeah. That solid yield right there is well above 1%, which is, or right at, well, excuse me, right at 1% for one week, right? Like, that's that for right at the money, basically. So, or excuse me, well above 1%, right? <laughs> this is us doing math on a Saturday. It's my own fault. Well above 1%. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I'll have to look at that a little bit more closely. Thanks, Kay. Always bringing the options info. So um, next chart up after Marathon Digital, um, I've got my favorite of the, basically chart of the week, chart of the year. It's DraftKings. I posted a mystery chart this week because this chart, it just looks so good. And it was just DraftKings without any of the symbols or, or any annotations. And uh, uh, one, of the, one of our friends, Aaron, nailed it and he got it. I think it was Aaron's Aaron or Nate. No, I can't remember. Um, but they they nailed it and this chart looks great. I'm looking for a bit of a pullback here to the 20, 2057 level and then more upside. Um, it looks like we got a cup and handle formation for those that are interested, you know, they like the the formations like a cup and handle, head and shoulders, that kind of a thing. So you get the big cup that formed and then the small handle here with a higher, you know, holding that higher low and now we've broken above the top of that cup. So, uh, you know, we might not even retest 2057, but I just think after this crazy run last week, it's going to be hard not to. Yeah, I think on top of that, we have, uh, you know, for the main run, the MACD isn't actually that that high. So you can True. see even back in, uh, oh, I can't read the dates, but back at the left side of the chart, you can see the MACD really, really push up. So this stock does have a history of doing that. So you, you never know. It could just, you know, not stop. A bit like NVIDIA, it could just keep going. Just keep ripping. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. And you could see, too, in the past, um, so in February, I highlighted in the RSI, you know, we got well above, you know, overbought, and it just dipped down for a quick second before cranking back up. And then we've continued higher despite, 
the RSI cooling off for a bit. So we could just kind of do this bouncing along the upper bound of RSI and continue to move higher for DraftKings. Really constructive. Yeah, it's a really nice chart. I really, really enjoyed it. I missed the uh, the tweet I, 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 on your on, on, on nothing was on the chart, so I missed the opportunity to comment on that. Uh, but uh, I probably missed that one anyway. So. Well, you you have the inside edge, you know, since we do this yeah, weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add, Kay, on DraftKings? Um, no, not much. I think it's a pretty even out uh, in terms of the option, both call and put side. Uh, there's really nothing striking out the. The yield is not that great on the put side, where a call has much better yield uh, from a premium standpoint. If you are into it, yeah, nothing, nothing stands out right, right now. Yeah. The chart's doing all the talking this week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last, I did drop in uh, Exxon Mobil because of the reporting of earnings. It is the largest holding in XLE, um, being the ETF for the energy sector. And it really moves the sector um, just in general, right? It's the leader in the group. So I highlighted this consolidation above 114. I think this is, again, just waiting as we go into earnings. Uh, MACD is strongly positive. RSI is strong, but not overbought, which is a really good thing, right? You, you like relative strength overall to be high um, without it being overbought. So um, it looks good here. Looks like we could be targeting that 119.63 recent high again, um, but uh, it's all dependent on earnings. And I think 114 looks like it's gonna hold until we get a decision. Uh, if it does break, I look at that 108.60 as support. It does look like that's pretty strong support. Um, so that's the range, right? 108 to 119 basically is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I like to see the stuff like this um, consolidating. It's, it's a bit strange, you don't really see it these days either because obviously the volatility is piling into the markets. But that's like two weeks straight of just basically not moving decidedly so, yeah, yeah it's just um it's just poison for a move isn't it it's just waiting to go either way do you, do you think it could break that 120 you may have mentioned it but i might have missed that bit yeah. i think it can yeah i think that's the target and target, i think yeah yeah i definitely think it can you know it, it has this history of consolidating and then making bigger moves and um yep yeah, i definitely can see it happen now that being said um i actually used ExxonMobil is an example from 22 as one of those stocks that you can trade and sell it off at its highs and get an opportunity, even though it's moving up through the entire year, you know, you get these pullbacks and you get an opportunity to buy back in and then make these short-term trades and, um, or sell covered calls, for example, if you're in, into the options trading. And so I, I could see this pull right on back to 108. Um, pretty easily giving people another chance to get back in, but if it even if it did, I'd still be looking at that 120 level as a as a target because um, you know these oil prices aren't haven't been moving. They've been at profitable levels for these companies. I think on the flip side of that, a potential recession. That's that's where you know you can see these companies get really hurt if energy energy demand drops off. Yeah. Anything to add there, Kay? Yeah, at we're 120, uh, two weeks from now, we have about 16,000 open interest. There you go. And um, interestingly, at every other level, 119, 118, 117, you have less than maybe 1,000 here, 1,200 and 748 at 117, 18, 19, respectively. So that's, it just pops out 16,000 open interest at 120 for some reason. Yeah, that's a big number. I like it. So that's all my charts. I think, Kay, you've got a few charts we can run through as we close up today. We got actually not even close to closing. You got a number of charts to go through. What do you got? All right. So the first one is pretty straightforward. It's SoFi. Uh, not much changed actually this week. It was relatively flat. Um, as I mentioned last week that I like the stock from a midterm trading standpoint or you know, if you want to invest for long-term, buy, hold, sell covered calls at the money uh, that would give you the best premium. Um, as you can see right now, it's like we had this uh, the last week at 420, it was um, like a doji candle. And then we had this starting to drop down. Uh, the volume is slow, starting to flatten out what we have seen. 
the RSI is around the 50, 55. So I feel like that, you know, we might see a drop down uh, if there is a flow downwards. We will. We are actually way above the 200-day moving average. The 50-day slowly to started curling downwards as well. I I still think this will be a pretty flat week for SoFi uh, until we reach the earnings, which is what the I think the first May they are reporting earnings. So until then, I think it's gonna be a pretty flat for SoFi. What do you guys think? This kind of chart sums up this last week really, doesn't it? Just completely flat, as you mentioned in the beginning. Top exactly. the and um, yeah, I think the, the most interesting thing I see in this chart is the, the kind of pinch between the two moving averages you've drawn. Um, it could act as a bounce either way. Obviously, if there's a catalyst, and you, you say there's earnings just around the corner, so that could possibly be that. Yeah, this is a breakout trader's nightmare chart right here, but a range yeah. trader, yeah, a range trader's dream, though, right? Like just back and forth, back and forth. Um, but yeah, for SoFi, it's harder to trade the range unless you're just trading. I mean, I shouldn't say that. If you're trading the common stock, that's that's exactly how you would do it, right? Is is trading that range? But man, that is tough. And uh, I, I'm a I like SoFi long term. I actually am a, a holder, but I'm also trying to trade it here short term. And I've just been selling covered calls against it in the sideways market, and it seems to be working. So I'll just keep doing that till it picks a direction. I I agree. It's the same same thing for me. Is uh, just selling covered calls for the ones I have. Or I have some cash secured puts open at a couple lower levels at $5, and we'll see how that plays out. Nice. All right, moving on to the next one, which is Google, G-O-O-G-L. Um, this one, I will be very, very careful next week if you trade, um, because we have earnings on 25th. And um, interestingly, on both the daily and the weekly, we can see that it's trading above the 50-day and 200-day moving averages. And whenever you have that kind of uh, trend, generally, um, in case of a bad news or in case of, we generally see a pullback back to the 50-day moving average. Um, weeklies are still continuing to make lower highs. Uh, so that is a concern. They We, we hope that they would break this 109 uh, 17, uh, 108, sorry, to for a clear breakout. We didn't get that, whether on the weekly as well. And 108 continues to be a resistance point. And options showed a very interesting data on this one that last week when we talked about there were 40,000 call options at 110. It dropped to 21,000 this week. Expiration same same time, uh, which is next week. And then on the 105, we used to have 12.9K put options. It dropped to 7.2K at 105. So... I think um, uh, next week's earning is going to be uh, very decisive for Google to see whether we get a break above 108 or we start to come back and test the 102 level. Yeah, I think um, looking at what they kind of do AI-wise, they've been a bit of a, I mean, I'm not too sure generally what's happening, but obviously looking, taking over to Google search, potentially obviously there's lots of articles about that. And their YouTube revenue has been decreasing over the last few quarters, I think, or at least two. Quarters. So, you know, there's a potential couple of catalysts there in, ter in terms of the details of the earnings report. So it'd be interesting to see what comes out of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Quick side note on Google for you guys. Um, you mentioned YouTube falling off uh, recently with, I think it was advertising or what have you. I actually asked my kids because I like to ask them what, you know, their thoughts on things since they're online quite a bit. And I tell you, they, their number one answer for everything is YouTube. And you know, I've got a 16-year-old and a 10-year-old, and that's that's what they go to. Their go-to is YouTube. Now they branch off from it, but um, yeah, I just find that interesting. It's all their friends, same thing. So I think that the AI news has been interesting for sure, but I think also you know you got to sift through a lot of noise, and I think that's what Google's dealing with. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to. It looks like a constructive chart. Looking forward to see it break above this 108 level. That'd be nice. And with that YouTube stuff, obviously, but the year before, we had COVID the last two years. So obviously, the ad revenue is going to be up higher because people got home. People are going out more now. So right. we would see that ad revenue come, come down a bit. And that just makes sense, just logically. Right. Totally agree. That's one. And I think uh, the other thing that the uh, the advertisers have reduced how much they pay 
um, for their advertisement as well. So, so that also impacts um, from a creator standpoint, it impacts your revenue. Uh, but from Google's standpoint, it also impacts, you know, how many, you know, um, companies they want to advertise. I know this, especially with Twitter, we had this big, um, you know, issue with a lot of companies moving out. Um, so that's that's that. The next chart that we have is Intel. Uh, Intel will report earning next week as well. Um, again, I would be very careful trading Intel. And the reason is because uh, their ex-dividend date is coming up on 5-4. And with any... Uh, yeah, and as you can see on the chart, this chart is very interesting. Uh, on the daily one, we started to see this downward trend on the stock. We we had this big run up all the way to thirty three eighty four, and then the slowly we are seeing those you know couple of doji candles, and then we started seeing a downward trend. And I think the market probably wants to wait and see the earnings report in terms of how does Intel, what has Intel achieved in the last three months since the last time they reported earnings. Um, we do see, I think, 3402 continues to be the resistance level. And I think uh, anything down, we will probably test the 3018 level. That's going to be the retest. Uh, if it cannot hold, then we can see a big drop uh, in Intel. And of course, any uh, any bad news from the earnings will impact. Um, and options are pretty straightforward, uh, pretty similar to last week. Uh, big decrease in the put options for now, uh, for next week. Uh, and little bit, and, and actually no, sorry, there was a massive decrease in the call options. There were thirty-two thousand call options at thirty-two point five. It dropped to less than a thousand call options at thirty-two point five expiration next week. And uh, we saw a similar decline in the put options, but not to this level where you know for a few thousands it dropped less than a thousand. We had eighteen thousand. Now it's about nine thousand. So half it has dropped. So that's Intel. Any yeah, thoughts? that's wow. I was just I was looking into the mute button. The uh, have to do that once a day, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. The option side, um, but it looks like yeah, it makes sense just to be cooling off here briefly, right, before we get into earnings. So it looks like uh, that range maybe between thirty and thirty-four, until until we pick a direction again. A lot about that's that's the theme this week, right? Waiting for earnings and pick a direction. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I do like that 34 level a lot. Um, you can see the kind of support it's created back in July last year um, and then the big projection recently. So if it was to move above 40, 34, I'd be looking for a breakout trade potentially. You know, the, the recent dividend cut and uh, I wonder if that plays into the earnings call at all and if there's more positivity around that, um, if they're able to talk to that at all or if that's more of a longer term and it's too quick to... You know, reap any benefits from that just yet but um yeah intel is interesting glad you bring this one up okay awesome all right moving on to the next one which is apple which was also part of our last week uh apple continues on the rampage uh, there were a couple of uh, massive news for apple we had uh two stores uh open in india uh delhi and mumbai those were the first flagship stores in india for apple it's huge yeah, it's huge um, we see this bullish momentum continuing. Um, earnings are coming up, but it's not next week. It might be the following week. Generally, Apple and Amazon report earnings on the same day. I'm surprised why they are not doing it this quarter. Um, the stock did see a pretty uh, downward trend uh, last week. It you know it failed to stay above the 163. Uh, the call options on the 175 was 155,000 call options in the money last week. It has dropped to sixty-three thousand call options now, so that's a massive, uh, cha you know, decrease in the call options. Now, question is, is that the change in sentiment? But the chart it hasn't shown that yet. We haven't really seen any downside. It's uh, it's just a blip, I could say, uh, since it has pretty decent momentum. What are yeah. you guys looking at? What what do you see here? Ton of momentum. What do you see, Sean? Do you agree? I do, but on the contrary, I do see those yellow boxes you've got there. If you drew a line through those, I think I mentioned it a bit last week as well. We are still below that possible trend line. It's a slightly flatter trend line, but it is still a trend line. Uh, we may actually be lining up a dip now, if not maybe 170, well, 170-ish maybe. Um, might be the roof of that trend line, but yeah, that would be one thing I'm looking out for personally. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. We're getting lower highs. Yeah. If you drew a line straight through, yeah, the yellow yeah. boxes. 
So that'd be something to look forward to uh, if you get a break above that as potentially constructive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe come down and retest the 175. That would be very good. This chart is the definition of a V-shaped recovery. <laughs> I mean, right? It goes straight straight down and yeah. straight back up. I, I hope it doesn't make a W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let's get what would be a check mark. We want a big right tail check mark. Let's make that. That's a good pattern. <laughs> good stuff there. All right, so the last chart for me is, uh, we didn't cover it last week, but I thought it would be good to uh, share with everybody, is Amazon. Uh, the reason it's it's a reporting earnings, we saw a ton of uh, cost-cutting measures from Amazon since last year, a lot of job cuts, a lot of automation in the company. And the, the reason I brought up Amazon here is because I we want to see if you are trading any FANG stocks, Amazon should be, uh, is part of that. And... Very similar to Apple, it has also started making a lot of lower highs. Uh, interestingly, uh, as the trend line, if I if I drew the trend line all the way across through all the, the, the last three highs, we are almost coming up to that trend line. And we had this little blip break out at 106.31 last week. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can stay there, but we'll have to wait for the earnings report. Um, it has re just hugged its 200-day moving average, but I have seen from an options perspective, 106 will be the key level. There's a lot of options expirations at 106 levels. We have about uh, 104. At 104, we have 10,000 put, and at 110, there's 36 for next week, 36,000 uh, call options. We'll see how that plays. I, I'm not very confident with 110, um, unless Amazon really blows the earnings out. Their gross margin improves drastically. Their retail business does well because last quarter their AWS business went down. They of course retail has always been a struggle for Amazon. So a lot of things to keep in mind if you're trading this stock. Yeah, it's been lagging too, right? General relative to its peers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On the contrary to that, if you've got the low set just on the turn of the year, um, and then that kind of lower high, or sorry, higher low in mid March, is that? Maybe, yeah, yeah, mid -March, it, yeah maybe exactly. Turn mid -March. Of April. Just if we drew a line there, I'd be looking if it was to be particularly bad, uh, potentially maybe holding that trend line would be very, very important. And we could actually be creating a kind of bigger wedge if that's the case. Um, but yeah. Yeah, catch up with Apple if they can uh, make that uh, get a strong earnings and make a move higher and create that V wedge similar to Apple. That would be nice to see. That's a that's a long. How go? How far back does that trend line go? All the way back to. 20... That goes all the way back to let me let me. That looks like it. the end of twenty one, right? Yes, that is exactly around yeah November twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think that's Mia's trend line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. I mean, we could break it. We could see it break. That's the thing that's very interesting here is we've been a long ways away from that trend line for quite some time, and now Amazon's getting close. So that will. You know, a couple of weeks away, we could potentially break back above, and so that'd be highly constructive, uh, given how long that's been in the downtrend. I've been using that word constructive a lot this week. I think it. I think I think it makes me sound smart. I don't know. <laughs> Very smart. Thanks. I'll take it. <laughs> so, those were all my charts. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Nate, off to you. Yeah, hundred percent. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Sean. Um, a lot of great charts this week, a lot of earnings dependence. I mean, I'm still super psyched about DraftKings regardless. If you guys missed that, um, be sure to catch the recording. And uh, also, if you uh, haven't followed Sean or Kay yet, be sure to give them a follow and check out their YouTube channels as well. They post a lot of great stuff out there on investing and trading. And uh, we'll be posting follow-ups, I'm sure, from this this week's, uh, almost said Sunday, but this Saturday's trading session. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, all the news coming up. I'm going to keep my trades kind of small uh, around earnings because I'm not one to to put a big bet against, you know, the question mark that is earnings. I do like to sell covered calls and take advantage of the implied volatility crush that tends to happen post-earnings. So I'll be looking for those opportunities. And, um, yeah, otherwise, another week trading, another step closer to Getting out of my nine to five. That's the that's the goal, anyways. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I think we have similar goals. And um, my message this week is just around consistency. 
Um, it's going to be a bit tricky around, obviously, around earnings. But if you if you can kind of stay away from the temptation of placing trades around earnings reports, um, I tend to let the earnings happen and obviously have a look at the earnings and then trade upon that. But yeah, going back to the consistency, just you know, finding the best setup, setting the stop losses, having your risk management, your trading plan, your taking profit margins, and obviously just taking control of uh, consistency and emotions. So just try and be as consistent as you can. Obviously, it's a very volatile market at the moment. It's got to be even more volatile over the next few weeks to come. So yeah, just work on your consistency if you are trading. That's my point this week. Hey, Kay, before we get to you, I just want to note, I uh, saw that Bionic had a couple of posts there. Thanks for your comments. And, uh, you know, I saw Moderna as one of your questions. So I'll take a look at that and post. And uh, maybe we'll cover that next week as well. Moderna is a good stock to be covering. Um, with respect to Tesla, definitely go back and check it if you missed it. Uh, Sean has some great charts and just we had a good conversation around Tesla at the top of the hour. And Microsoft is definitely on the radar. So, Kay, maybe next week we can tackle uh, Microsoft, in addition, in addition to Apple and Google, that'd be pretty good. Or you'll be back in a couple of weeks, right? So uh, maybe Sean or I can pick that up. But yeah, Sounds appreciate good. the yeah. suggestions. Yeah, good stuff. And Kay, awesome. safe travels to you. You got a lot of travels coming up, right? Yes. So, yeah. Safe I, travels. Bro. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, anything else to add to close us out? Uh, I would say, say trade safely, invest safely. Um, you know, generally earning seasons are a little difficult, so keep that in mind. And um, and that's pretty much it. You guys covered everything, so I, I think we are all good here. We'll let you go first when you get back, so you can tell us about your trip. Uh, I will do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks again, and uh, have a great time trading this week. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye.